Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, um, it's your friend Chris Sweeney here, coming to you with a little bonus episode of Homo Sapiens. Sorry, I'm a bit out of breath because I just ran here to my little office in the garden because it's raining outside, obviously, because uh, that's what it does now, summer's over. Um, so I'm a little out of breath, which is a little unfair. And uh, yeah, w- goodness me, I mean... We haven't spoken since last Thursday. It's It's been literally a matter of days. And in between, very sadly, the Queen has died. And just so sad to see the end of an era of a very, very uh, stoic person. So very sad. So, you know, sending all my love to her family. She was ultimately a mother and a grandmother, you know. And when a member of your family passes, it's the saddest thing in the world. And I always remember when my dad died. My dad was 83 when he died, which is, you know, people go, oh, well, they were old. And I remember my friend's mum saying to me, yeah, but it doesn't matter how old they are. They were your dad. He was your dad. And losing someone is the saddest thing in the world. And I think the outpouring of what she meant to people online has been very beautiful to watch and what we're going to do is for Thursday's episode we will be reading out some of your comments that you've sent in about what the Queen meant to you what the Queen means to the LGBTQ plus community because actually there's really interesting articles being shared online that we'll go we can read from about where she stood on LGBTQ plus rights moments where she revealed her feelings and all of that um very very interesting And we'll be hearing all sides of what she meant to people, I would say. Get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com for anything you want to send in in time for that. And so what's today about? Why am I here as a little extra episode? Well, there was me scrolling through Instagram a while ago and I found this amazing Instagram account called Bang For All. Uh, It's hard to segue from the Queen to this, but I'm going to give it a go. Bang, (laughs) Bang For All is... Uh, a solo sex education sort of Instagram account designed and written with people of colour, trans, non-binary and disabled people in mind. It's written by this person called Vic and Vic is great and it's about how masturbation is for everybody. Do you see how it's hard to segue from the Queen to this? Uh, And it's very much masturbation is far too focused on cisgender people, far too focused on men, uh, in my opinion. Anyway, I don't think Vic actually says that specific thing, but we talk about it in our chat. And it's about how to 
get rid of all your shame around masturbation and how to enjoy it and in a really positive sense and it's just anyway Vic has written this book called Bang Masturbation for People of All Genders and Abilities so um, Vic came to talk to us so you can find the account Bang for All on Instagram or you can listen to the chat one one or the other we're probably why don't you both um, give it a follow and I think Vic is going to continue to do amazing stuff and it's uh, this is a lovely conversation about liberation for all and you know I'm always reminded of like how Fleabag do you remember Fleabag when she was masturbating over Obama and that was considered, you know, so shocking. It was not so shocking, but it was considered brave in inverted commas of her to do that. And, you know, um, it's for a lot of different rules for different, all different kinds of genders and sexual identities around masturbation. So breaking it all open, trying to do something positive and wonderful is great. So that's the book. And let's go and have a listen to our wonderful chat with Vic. For people listening, I'm just going to do a sort of summary. I love this thing. So I think this was your first ever Instagram post. Whether you're jerking the gherkin, flicking the bean or something in between, masturbation doesn't have to be a taboo topic. This straightforward, unapologetic, illustrated guide to self-pleasure will teach you what you need to know to get to know your own body. Right? Yeah. I mean... It's crazy to me that this hasn't existed in the past. I feel like a lot of people are like, well, duh, like, this is normal. This should exist. That's on one side. The other side is like, you're writing a book on masturbation and then Mm. shuts down. So, you know, you get two sides. But it's always been crazy to me that a book on masturbation for all people has never existed before. Masturbation for people of all genders and abilities and, and crucially, one of the things that you say in there is it's as much for trans folk, intersex people. It's really is for everybody because it's about how do you get yourself off in whichever way. And yeah. isn't it weird how masturbation is semi-owned incorrectly by men? Well, so it's traditionally, yes, that's the mm. crazy thing. And I honestly think that the rising sex positive culture, and this is a hot take, Mm-hmm. Um, so warning. Uh, <laughs> we love them. We love them. <laughs> but the rising sex positive culture is not intersectional. It, it, there's been a rise of the like cute vibrator. I wrote a pretty hot take in uh, Refinery29 about this, where it's pretty, it's expensive, it's luxurious, and it's mm-hmm. also only for cis women, mostly white and mostly with money. That's where it's targeted. And on the flip side, I think that like masturbation for men hasn't been destigmatized nearly as much. Um, because if you look at sex toys for men, there are a lot of really skeevy things on there that don't appeal to most men that I know. Um, and then, of course, on the flip side, we don't talk about masturbation if you're not a cis man or a cis woman nearly enough. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, isn't it the case and I'm saying this is incorrect, like, it's not good that this is the case, but like men, I mean, if you turn on any comedy panel show in the UK, right, there'll probably be a joke from men about masturbation at some point during that show. But if it's female masturbation, uh, and obviously there's many people in between, so we will come to that, but kicking off with that, is it's it's considered liberation. And Mm -hmm. it's not the kind of base level having fun that it should be. Yeah, it's it, there's so much pressure now. There's a lot of pressure, especially for like, uh, well, okay. So there's this whole quasi-feminist 
thing that has clung on to like specific genitalia, for example, the clitoris has become the emblem of um, a lot of body positivity. And that's really great because it's a movement forward. Mm. At the same time, it does put a lot of pressure for if you consider yourself a body positive feminist, you better be having amazing orgasms every single day. You know, Mm. there's that that kind of like subconscious undertone. Obviously, that's not represented in every single person who uh, shows these views. But yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And I think that the funniest thing to me is that masturbation has become such a scary, heavy, connoted word for everything, whether you're making a joke about it, like people react to the word itself. And at the end of the day, it's really chill. It's really normal. It's literally just touching a different part of your body, right? Mm. Like it, it is the most normal, banal thing that you could do in sex. And yet it's, it's weirdly also something we don't talk about and have like so many beliefs about. What is that? Like, why do we associate it with shame? I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) One thing is that we have an inherited culture that we don't always interrogate, right? So in a lot of religions, it helps if people procreate. Um, And way back when they would think of masturbation almost as mass murder because every sperm had a tiny little human in it. Like it was called a homunculus. Um, There's actually a very cute diagram and bang of... Uh, this drawing and it's like this tiny little man curled in the head of the sperm and so every sperm that landed on the sheets instead of a waiting womb was murder um yeah (laughs) and that's why you get like the term uh being spent or spending as Ah. a word for masturbation right um but we aren't in the place where we need to procreate that much anymore So why are we clinging to this shame? Um, Also, there's like strains of Victorian uh, culture that comes from the 1900s and the 20th century where people started to move into cities. And so they wanted to make sure that your neighbor is as like collected and trapped as you are. Um, And people started to like stop public bathing and they started to think about hygiene um, and it started to sanitation started to become part of our culture and a lot of people start started being much more oppressed sexually because of that interesting god the social history of it is really fascinating and one of the things you touch on in the book which because we were just talking about shame is um guilt well for a lot of people guilt is confusing because you're like a lot of people aren't religious a lot of people haven't had specific conversations with people where they're like, if you masturbate, you're going to hell. Some people, yes. Mm. These are different issues. But I find guilt fascinating when it happens with people who don't have those religious backgrounds, right? Because like, what is this coming from? And I think a lot of it is this like subconscious embedding of culture where masturbation has become something that you do alone Mm -hmm. and alone in the most alone way. You don't acknowledge it. You don't talk about it. People don't tell you that they do it. 89% of people have masturbated by the time they turn 29. And I think that's actually, it is actually scientifically known that that is an underestimate. Wow. Um, 
I think that this guilt comes from this idea that you're doing something you're not supposed to, because so much of what we do and what is appropriate is stuff that we talk about with other people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of my biggest hopes for this book, is that it creates community and language about finding your own body and having an intimate experience with your body that can be so valuable like we can gain so much if we just stop being weird about masturbation (laughs) (laughs) yes and tell me how you were able to include people who are often excluded from the conversation the people who exist between the binary or uh trans people or intersex people yeah um wait am i allowed to curse (laughs) yeah oh my god okay I love that that's before you're like, before I explain, because I'm about to go off on one. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to like fucking take people's voices away from them. I'm not going to like pull the shit that like I'm rebelling against, which is like having one voice about how you should be experiencing your body, even though I don't have the same body that you do. Right. Mm, Like mm -hmm. that is an essential part of what it means to have a book that actually speaks to people intimately is to have them write it or like have someone who has a shared experience, write it. Um, it, it, to me, it's like the best thing that this book can do is create a platform for a shared conversation and a community of people who understand that like masturbation is normal, but beyond masturbation, bodies are normal, you know, Mm. like bodies are, intimate objects that you have an individual relationship with and outside of sex you continue that relationship um it's just it's kind of like a love letter in some ways i suppose it's a it's a love letter to people having bodies <laughs> and, and and also that bodies are all different as well right. and each one is valid in its own way and right. that's the thing that's kind of missing from sex education isn't it like it's very binary it's so clearly written by someone who's uncomfortable with bodies, like Mm. most of sex ed curriculum, because there's no speaking to people about how they're experiencing it. There's no emotions behind it, right? A lot of sex ed is just how to not get pregnant and what STDs are, right? Like that's about it. Um, (laughs) It doesn't talk about like, how do you make someone feel good? Or how do you even have a conversation with someone about their body? Isn't that insane? Like so so many people don't talk about their bodies with the person they're about to have sex with because that's not something that's taught. It's so strange, isn't it? I mean, not the same, but it's like, why don't they teach us about taxes at school? (laughs) I don't need to know about algebra. I need to know about taxes. Right. Having just had a Zoom with my accountant, I really need to know about taxes, I tell you, more than masturbation. (laughs) 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tell me about some of the sections of the book. Setting the mood, for example, which is kind of based on what you're just saying there about talking about your bodies and stuff. Tell me a bit about that setting the mood thing. Uh, I think that a lot of the desire to have that setting the mood section. So the piece is a lot about like, how do you get yourself in the mindset? How do you start having this conversation with your body, especially for people who have not touched themselves? Um, And I think what's important is that it's an emotional experience for a lot of people. Like a lot of people struggle to understand that their bodies are things that are not foreign, especially your genitals, right? Growing up, you have this idea of like, don't touch your genitals, don't touch your genitals. So Mm. it's weirdly a part of you that is so foreign and borderline mystical and kind of scary (laughs) if you haven't experienced it before. Yeah, I've always said that my biggest wish is that people would treat their genitals like their big toe, like with the same amount of like respect, but also indifference. (laughs) (laughs) So setting the mood is a lot about like framing your encounter with your body as something that's natural and wonderful Mm -hmm. and accepted. Mm. There's a whole bit about like getting down to business. There's a section in that section, a chapter, I suppose, um, <laughs> called Twiddly Bits. And that's what yes. I've called the maps of everyone's genitalia. Not everyone's. Um, the book starts out with, uh, I encourage you to mark this up to fit however you need to change the pronouns, change how it um, refers to things. Bit. Just to explain a bit further for anyone listening, you sort of kick off the book by saying, look, like this is all research the research you can draw on is very cisgendered, very this, very that, you know. And so feel free to go through and scrub out gender, body parts, whatever, to match this for you. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm really eager to see how the research in sexual health evolves to be not so cisgendered. Because still a lot of the data, first of all, it's not very prevalent research in sexual health, especially masturbation. But a lot of the data is in men and women, that sort Mm. of bifurcation. And um, I'm eager to see what happens as it catches up to society. Mm. Um, Anyway, so twiddly bits, I think it was very important to me for the graphics to be framed from the first person point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see someone with labia holding up a mirror to themselves and you're in the perspective, um, of it as if you had those genitalia. And that is something that we try to have throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, because the idea is masturbation is from the firsthand point of view. And there's a lot of value to mm-hmm. being able to learn about someone else's body through that perspective, right? Yeah. Like you can learn from this book all the things that someone would otherwise have to do a lot of emotional labor to explain to you, um, which is kind of wonderful. Yeah, it really is. And there's a whole bit about kind of the idea of checking in with yourself as well. Tell me a bit more about that, because I'm also what's in my mind is like, you know, masturbation for intersex people, 
for some trans people and also for many other people but like it can be traumatic you know mm-hmm. and it it can be something that you are scared of embarking upon yeah um it can be really hard i think that honestly it, it's just hard like society has not set us up for success <laughs> with our <laughs> yeah. first encounter with our body right like I think it's rare and wonderful when someone has a great first experience with their body, but it's like a rare bird, right? Yeah. Um, So checking in with yourself is a lot about noting the emotions you have and not blaming yourself. If you feel guilty, um, if you feel sad after you masturbate, I think that that is something that's like really important to me is the way that you frame your experience. It's not from a place of blame it's from a place of acceptance and love like if you feel sad afterwards if you feel shame afterwards just note that and like think about it and how can you be nice to yourself in that moment Mm. right yeah because um there's always this thing about like people sort of talk about in a semi-jokey way being like oh you know they say oh they're the sort of person who after you have sex with them they cry you know Mm. and i've never fully understand that because i've never felt sad after i've had sex I've felt many other things uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, used, um, but oh no, no, I'm sorry. I'm common. Let's... It's okay. We we can keep the dark humor in this. It's a conversation about <laughs> masturbation. We can talk about things. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't say that. Though. But then you've got this whole thing in there about postcoital tristesse, which is sadness, right? Mm-hmm. And what is that? I love that there's a name to this. I've had so many people come up to me and be like. I didn't know this was like a common thing. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really annoying that it's a common thing. But Um, basically what happens is you feel sad after sex and the basic idea behind it. Um, and this has been noted since like ancient Roman times. So it's very prevalent. uh Um, and the basic idea is that you just experienced your body dumping a whole bunch of endorphins, a lot of dopamine into your system and there's going to be a crash. Right. Like, Uh, especially if you're someone who maybe struggles with depression or um, has a little bit less dopamine and endorphins running around your body. Afterwards, you're going to feel a deflation and that crash is what postcoital tristesse is. But it'll pass. And noting that it happens and is normal is a really key component to like designing your experience afterwards. I don't know if I like the clinical term designing. Uh, framing your experience afterwards and caring for yourself yeah and the book and the the campaign around everything you're doing is like know that it's normal Mm -hmm. right however you present your body presents and all of that there is a way for you to experience pleasure that is entirely normal Mm -hmm. and and there was when you were talking about male sex toys actually I was sort of realizing what you were you know it's like I don't know like so the female sex toys thing is like very um perception wise it's kind of like oh it's like a glamorous lipstick you know what mm-hmm. I mean like it's sort it's of become like, very chic yeah it just goes in your in your cool bag um <laughs> and but then with male sex toys it's kind of like um there's two ends of the spectrum for straight men it's like it's like a flashlight like mm-hmm. a sort of really or it comes with a butt too what's that called butt light 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounds, I don't know. That sounds fascinating, whatever a butt light truly is. <laughs> Where are we at, do you think, you know, in that space? Is it uh, time for an update on all counts? It's always time for an update. <laughs> Things always move <laughs> too slowly for my taste. I think that it's growing. I think that we're moving into, I honestly think that this is one of the best parts about queer culture and queer conversation becoming more mainstream is Mm -hmm. that it allows and open spaces for straight people also, you know, like (laughs) what an absurd belief that we live in that if you're straight, you masturbate like differently because you're straight from a queer person. Mm. Um, And I think that, making queer culture more common um, and also like talking about it, talking about what people like for sex will help liberate a lot of straight people into being like, Oh, I like that too. I just, you know, like a specific gender, but that is completely different from what my body likes. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, um, you know, the, the shrouding of shame around straight men, like in kind Mm -hmm. of any kind of anal play, for example, or pegging, pegging yes exactly so that's when a woman wears a dildo right or the other partner yeah wears a the dildo. other partner sorry yeah. yes and queer culture yet again uh first it was ballroom now it's this uh <laughs> leads the way very yeah. interesting um so vic if you could achieve one thing with this beautiful work you're doing and i know it's one of many other projects that you're doing what would that be? What would you like to leave here on planet Earth to have changed mm. in a positive way? Well, I hope I don't die after this book is out. I hope I do a little <laughs> bit more than this. Um, Me too, by the way, for the record. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but if, if this book were to do one thing, I think it's it's not about having a perfect book out there. I think if people were to look at this book and say, I wish that it had done this better in a weird way, that would be a victory for me because it means that we are moving forward and we're Mm -hmm. working on it and we're opening this conversation. And obviously, it would be nice if people said it in a nice way. But Mm. I hope you're not on Twitter then. (laughs) Oh, Uh... no, I'm not. I would not survive. (laughs) (laughs) Hyper-perfectionists do not survive on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's about starting the conversation, right? Mm. Like It's about people being feeling like they are able to say something about shaping the world of sexuality, especially the quiet secret stuff um, to fit them a little bit more. So Mm. I guess I hope that it makes it easier for people to have a conversation about masturbation and about what they wish that the world did for them, what they wish that the society, like how they could be supported in figuring out their body. See liberation. What you all need to go and do now, listeners, follow the account at Bang for All. Get the book, Bang Masturbation for All People of All Genders and Abilities. Give it a follow. Let's crack open the restraints around masturbation, is what I would say. And as queer people, that's what we need to be doing. And, you know, if you want to go and do anything else, knock yourself out, is all I can say. That was a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for listening, listeners. Back on Thursday. Stay safe. Tons of love. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Powered by Spirit Studios.